should Christians be involved in the culture wars? Things like the boycott of Target or the trans issue, Trump's indictment this last week. Should we be involved in the discussion, the cultural discussion on masks? Well, the real question we should be asking is, is how would Christ have handled this? And actually, how did he handle it when he walked this earth? Let's talk about that as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy. Jonathan Fiala for Further Every Day, sitting in the chair of economics and also the uh, host chair. But uh, to my far, far right, I got Miss Nikki sitting in the chair of theology. The far right. Hello. How are you? Doing well yourself. <laughs> Just going to ignore <laughs> Justin. Right there. I, I think that holds pretty much on all of these chairs. <laughs> I think we're... I think we're, yeah, okay. It's glad to have you there in the chair of theology dealing with why we believe what we believe. And to her left, my right, I've got Justin. I'm, I'm feeling punchy today. It's, it's going to be a little quirks all, well, all day. It's always a good time with you, James. Thank you for being there. And then to his left, we've got Mr. Pomeroy, Mr. Charlie in the chair of culture. Indeed. Good to see everybody today. Glad to have you there. Downstream of philosophy. Which, which is where Justin that is. Be bad. <laughs> of James. And the, <laughs> we're off the rails already. All right. Then we got uh, Mr. Steve in the chair politics. Yes, sir. Being politically incorrect again and got my favorite hat on today. Those on audio can't see it. To, He's wearing a Jerusalem hat. Uh, you bet. Got it while I was there, man. In Jerusalem. It yes, was a fantastic sir. place. He wears it religiously and it you looks bet. good on him. All right, and then again, yours truly sitting in the bottom uh, of economics, but that is the flow of human thought. So let's talk about it real quick. Uh, Mr. Producer, if you could pull up uh, cut number one, uh, it is roughly 5% of adults, according to a Pew Research uh, poll, identify as trans. Now, this, again, link in the description as always below, but this right here is a really interesting phenomenon. This is a doubling every every generation the boomer generation had about a half percent and then about one percent in x and now it's five percent when you consider gen uh, z and millennials you have five percent identifying as trans and if you scroll down a little bit there mr producer um you're gonna see yeah that that graph right there it's hard for us to read here but you should be able to read it on your screen if you're watching full screen in the U.S., young adults are most likely to be transgender or non-binary of all of the places. Uh, adults of all ages, 1.6 on the net, but 18 to 29, you've got a 5.1% identification as trans slash non-binary. 30 to 49-year-old bracket, you're looking at about 1.6 and 0.3% in the 50-plus realm. So this is a new thing. This is a new thing. So what should the Christian, you know, say about this? This is now becoming relevant. I mean, very relevant and so much so that it's taken over our our, our discourse. Uh, more than uh, four in 10 U.S. adults report knowing a trans person. How do we deal with that person? How do we work and how do we interact with that person? If you scroll down even further, Mr. Producer, about a quarter of U.S. adults say that they have trans friends. And then the last one is one in five adults say they know someone who is, quote, non-binary. And by the way, the, the, the majority of those who say they know someone that's non-binary are uh, dim or lean dim Democratic. That's 25 percent. But 14 percent of the population Republican say, yes, I see. Um, I, I, I have people who are in my life who are non-binary. 
I I know I haven't been asked that because I'd have said no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, that's really, really? yeah. I've one, got two, three, four, five. I'm, I'm the one. What, no, what you? no. You and I are both. You and I both know people who are trans or non-binary. I mean, but that's our generation. That's more common. Uh, I mean, I, I know Miss Nikki has a family member who's uh, uh, LGBT, but not mm-hmm. but LGBT. No, that's different. I, I have the same thing in, in my family. Some, but it's but, coming. But not trans or non-binary or something like that nature. The good question is, why is it coming? Absolutely. And, and, and I'll tell you why it is. It's because it's being promoted. And so it's a it's a thing to get in on when younger people see how it's being promoted then they want to join the club. Is that what it, what it is? I was talking to a gentleman the other day that's um, probably about 10 years older than I, I was. I am. And I said to him, we were talking about transgenderism. And I said, I don't remember anybody committing suicide when we were kids because they wanted to be transgender. He goes, I don't either. Because it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a topic. But now you put the topic out there and people want to join the group. And it's the same way with the gay and lesbians. The reason they're they're taken off because it's popular. It's it's a topic that is popular and people want to join that. Now, I'm not going to say that they don't have feelings or emotions that lean in that direction, but I think it was the topic first and then the emotions and feelings that came afterwards. And well, and I'm sure there's going to be people who disagree with that. I, or at least I might even disagree with that um, because of this. When you look at the abortion I'm going to call it industry. Why did that take hold so easily? It was money. What have we got being promoted today in our culture? And I would advocate to you, it is not so much being advocated per se in in your public schools, although it is. It's in your hospitals. Mm-hmm. Why? It's free money. And that's where it's really getting pushed. Correct. Now, I want to actually push back a little bit on that because I, in a way, she, what Ms. Nikki said, you're, you're both hitting on yeah. something. I think there is a money thing sitting in the economics chair. I, I absolutely do think that, especially with the transgender, you're looking at one point, I believe it's 1.5 to $2 million for the rest of the life of a woman who is quote unquote transitioning to male, uh, just in the, the testosterone and all the products. It's a lifelong. And of course, if you can get the government to subsidize it, then that's very big. But I, I would actually say something. All of those feelings that you didn't have an ability to act out on, once you have the outlet to act out on, and then the societal pressure of this is good, this is beneficial, instead of saying, wait a minute, this is illness, this is harm mm. that you are. And by the way, pull up mm-hmm. clip number two, get that ready. This is illness, this is harm. Then you have the opportunity for the predation of the medical industrial complex to come in. So well, what I think is interesting is i mean that's the basis of this culture war right is all of that and where do we stand on it and where should that money be thrown should money be thrown at this you know where are we throwing so much money so much time so much energy so much um you know politics into this when i think of those numbers five percent 
right? 5%, that's 95% of society who does not feel this way. And yet it sure feels like it's 95% that does because that's 95% of the world. So 95% of the people need to change because of this 5%. Correct. And that's where the culture war comes from. Correct. Is now we're looking going, why, do, why does society have to change this small number? And that's really what we're talking about today is, you know, should we be involved as Christians, not as people? If you want to, as a person, if you feel convicted, go for it. But as the church, as Christians, should we be involved in that war of should culture do or not do this? And what did yeah. Jesus do when the minority started to speak mm, up? Correct. Correct. And, and, and I, and I, I want to get to that. But before we tie into that, there's one more story. That we need to hit. Go ahead and pull that up if you would. This is the infamous Marcy Bowers Zoom call. We're going to listen to the oh, whole thing. Yeah. And I, I want you to listen very carefully mm-hmm. what uh, he has to say about this. Go ahead and play that clip, please, Mr. Producer. The second is um, was an observation that I had that every single child who was an adolescent who was truly blocked at Tanner Stage 2 has, has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's, it's really about zero. These are the, of course, these are just assigned male at birth, so trans, feminine, and it's because they never in their lives are exposed to testosterone. That doesn't change. That doesn't change. So blockers prevent the rise of testosterone, and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so we don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. Um, but are they going to be able to re- achieve sexual satisfaction? It's important in relationships. And I know that from my work with female genital mutilation survivors, that, that the lack of being able to be intimate with a partner is very important. And so this is what really raised the red flag for me is to say, look, we're going to really, we need to have our eyes open about it. I think it's been beneficial talking about it. Um, I know Joe and many others have, have, reported to me you know they've they've they have looked they've changed their approach a little bit in their informed consent models and that they're we're talking about masturbation now we're talking about okay that's an area of the body that's got very dysphoric for you but you know what it's all a penis is it's just a large clitoris no it's not i mean let's we're all it's all the same material it really is so uh so you know use it for 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 the pleasurable purposes, partially that it was intended. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But these are these are to be answered questions. So can we avoid puberty and get good adult results? And secondly, how do we it, how, how do we uh, assure someone that they're going to be able to be sexually responsive? Do we remove the blockers during the course of their adolescence and let a little bit of puberty come back? Do we delay it a little bit, maybe into Tanner's three or four, maybe before they have their first orgasms, maybe? So, okay, go wow. ahead and cancel that real quick because it's got to autoplay. But right there, you've got Marcy Bowers, you know, this is, a, this is a man who has transitioned to a woman, admitting that Tanner stage two, basically prepubescent kids, if you put them on blockers, they will not ever have sensation by the way if you have kids in the room this one is is kind of a hard hard one to talk about anytime you talk about marcy bowers it's it's a rough day uh so you might want to invite by those years to leave but the whole purpose of this 
is, quote unquote, affirming the new gender. If the body doesn't function in this, quote, new affirmed gender, what you've just done is robbed this child of any potential interaction in the in the bedroom, which, by the way, is one of the best sensations someone can ever have. And that's part of connecting in a way that, that God designed it so that a man and a woman could, could kind of get a glimpse, just a, a small glimpse into what God's relationship with you will be like in heaven. You're cutting that off. You're destroying it. And so to answer the question of should we be involved in this as a church, what did Jesus say in Luke 17, 2? What did Jesus say about those who would harm one of these little ones? Well, the, uh, I can't give you word for word, but the, if anyone harms a, a little child, it would be better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and be thrown into the middle of a lake. And you've got, two, you've got 17, 2, right? Let's go back to 17, 1. Does someone have 17.1 prepared for me? Yeah. Jesus said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and to be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. That's big. So here's the question. In America, we live in a country... That is, it's been given to us that we are the highest magistrate as a citizen. If you have a citizen in the, if you're a citizen in the United States, you get to appoint and delegate the people who lead. If we do not stand up, it, that applies to us. And I want to keep going on that later, but Miss Nikki, go ahead. Okay, so one of the key phrases that sh- he or she just said was the referring to the the uh, body parts and having the pleasure that it was intended to be to have okay well that's very key who intended it the creator how did it come about why is it intended to give you pleasure those are questions that are not being answered but that's a big statement correct so let's as christians we know what the intentions are we know who the creator is we know the the uh, the way that God created things for people's good. So yes, we we need to say that because this is a contradiction to the Word of God. Well, I know that people don't. I don't want to believe in the Word of God. That's my choice. It is your choice. But death comes to everybody, and then the Word is opened up, and your life is judged by that Word. So we all have a responsibility. You can choose not to believe in reality, but at the end of the day, you don't have any choice about the repercussions of your decisions. Correct. And and that's something that that will fall out. Uh, you can decide gravity doesn't exist, but take a take a bu- take a bungee jump without the bungee and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. They, they talk about uh, monkey it's around and find out. You're you're in that territory. So. The, the good thing, uh, on a good note, winnable war moment, you know, and you can pull this one up, Mr. Producer. Target has lost $9 billion as of May, and it might even be further. This is a, a, a report out of the New York Post. They've lost $9 billion in stock value. Oops. 
since they came out with their pride line in June of this year. And, and the CEO openly acknowledged it was you. a mistake. And so they're starting to realize, Disney is starting to realize, Bob, Bob, Bob Iger was brought back in and he said, and I, sorry, I don't, I don't have that quote for that up here, but um, he, they, they threw the old guy out, brought him back in. He goes, well, we, we, we're definitely not making content with the idea of generating revenue. So he wouldn't come all the way out and say that we done we done messed up with the uh, uh, woke train. But he knows they did. But he knows that they overstepped. You, you know what's interesting? When I was reading that article, there was there's a part in here that it says that CEO Brian Cornell had defended the LGBTQ friendly merchandise, saying it was the right thing for society. Mm, well. That bring that that brings uh -huh. us into this is a spiritual war. Yes. And are we spiritually there? Are we there as as people? Are we there as conservatives or libertarians? Or are we there as as Christians? Mm -hmm. Because that's one is one is is we're, we're on parity with them. And the other one, well, I, I would even say we're a parity. If we come as conservatives or become as Republicans, become as libertarians. What we're doing is we're we're fighting a spiritual war against the devil himself, and we are removing ourselves from God. That is exactly I, I said parody. That's the wrong word. We are at a disparity, and we are on the underside if we come at this and we do not note who we serve and why, because they are starting to come out. And you know we were talking about Bathmet off off offline how they made how they've erected statues to Bathmet and now there's after school programs we talked about this I think it was episode thirty something mm -hmm. I don't remember which yeah. episode it was but we've talked about that so it's a question of are we going to actually fight this as Christians or not and and again here I'm going to say something that's going to get people very upset the next story and we're we're, we're going to talk about this one some people. You, so some of you who are listening, I know you do not like Donald J. Trump. Okay? That's fine. Go ahead and pull it up. But here's the thing. <laughs> Thank you, Wesley. <laughs> but here's the thing. Donald J. Trump is being prosecuted for asking about shredded ballots. Ballots that during the recount, they said... Um, no, we're just going to shred everything, even though it's been subpoenaed. That's why Donald Trump, Jenna Ellis, and all these other people are going, they're, in, they're being indicted, and they're getting their mugshots taken. It's because they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this, and then they go and shred the evidence. That's a political issue. But it, we lost that war a long time ago in the culture, and the philosophy, and the theology. We let that slip through our fingers. Mm -hmm. We just we, we, we let it go by. Thank you, Mr. Producer. And the final one, the one that I, no one wants to talk about, the, the next big culture word that's going to be fought is masks. Bring up that story, please. Oh, I'm so excited you know, to fight this fight just, again. If I could just say one thing go on ahead. the Maricopa County thing real quick. You know, did, I don't know if any of y'all watched the debate a Republican debate. Uh, but when I was watching it, uh, they were talking to Pence about him, and he was defending about 
uh, Trump talking to asking him to uh, do away with the the election, you know, the count and whatnot. And he was like, no, I wasn't going to do it because I was standing up for the Constitution and it was what I was doing, what was right and blah, 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 blah. And I was and I did what was right. Well, you know, you read this article and you see what these people did with shredding documents and shredding votes. How could he defend doing what he did? Well, it, it, so here's here's the you thing before b- before you speak, because I know what you're going to say <laughs> before you speak. I want to actually accurately represent what happened that day. I want to accurately represent what happened on January 5th and January 6th. What, what the expectation and what the ask was. The ask was to pause on the search certificate of electors, just to pause. This is all the Trump team wanted. They didn't say, they, they never said do away with. That's, not, that's something that the media has said. They never said do right. away with. It was not an ask of overthrow the election. It was, it was pause on, there's two sets of electors that have been sent from five states. And there's a question. And Ted Cruz came out and he said, I want to send five senators, five congressmen, and five di- uh, district or Supreme Court justice- justices. And I want them to have, and I want it to be multi, you know, it, it be bipartisan. All branches. All branches and bipartisan. I want all, everyone, everyone to go in. And I want them to have a tribunal. And I want them to have a 10-day tribunal. And then we'll certify before the 21st. The, the inauguration. I just want them to go back through and certify which set of uh, uh, electors were actually the will of the people. That's all they asked. Guess what happened on January 6th as Ted Cruz was making that motion or preparing to make that motion? The, insur- the quote-unquote insurrection. That was largely, there was a large amount of people. I'm not saying all by any stretch. There was a large amount of Antifa and Black Lives Matter Twitter users who two weeks before or four weeks before when they bombed that uh, chapel outside of the White House, trying to storm the White House. These are the same people who were there, the same radical people who were in there. And, and they were people and they were just as eager. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> These are people who were intentionally rabble rousing and they wanted to stop that motion from being made. That's what January 6th was about. And no matter what the media says, no matter how much they all went, and it's so frustrating me that Fox News took three years to bring out what I saw on the day. I was watching it on people's Twitter. I was watching it because I had friends who were there, and I was watching other people, and I was going back in saying, who are these people? This is Black Lives Matter. This is Antifa. This is, you know, just watching what people posted on their own gosh darn social media. What is going on here? And you could just look and see. So I, I, I appreciate now, the. Now Pence was the one that was saying and I that don't want to get Trump bogged down on this, but yes, wasn't was wanting him to disqualify. Yes. Like Pence was the one that was saying that because not me. And, and okay, he, so which is a lie. Clarify, which is a lie. I, I, I don't know if we. I don't so know if we covered a that. Liar misunderstanding. Either way, I see how a vice president who you're dealing with a president who's being indicted or who's being you know told hey you've lost and we know he's a sore loser because he just is whether he is personally or it's a tv personality or what he's a sore loser 
you know, I'm pretty sure his wife would agree with that one even. You know, like, so you look at this from a vice president point of view, you go, he's being a sore loser. And because that's what the media has thrown at him. And in the moment, he needs to make a decision. And that's where you said, well, how can he defend the stuff he's doing? I'm going, because he made a decision in the moment based on the information he had and what he thought the ask was. Right? I think he's right to defend his choice to say, no, at the time, that should have been ratified. We didn't have the proof that there's no reason it shouldn't have gone through for norm, like normal. So in his opinion, and that's why he's vice president. He gets to make that opinion. So that's really beside the point of the indictment. So, but but that's and 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 that's something that we need to figure out is because there is a there is a diversity of opinion in this group, and I think that, that that that's a good thing. What I do think that we need to figure out as a group, and and this is where we're going, dear viewer, I'm and listener, I'm sorry that we are taking the long way about it. We want to get down to. How do we as Christians sort out how to handle each one of these little events, each one of these little twists and turns, these little cheeks from the perspective of Christ and from the perspective of God's prophets, you know, the Old Testament and the new and, you know, the apostles and how they dealt with the culture? How, how did they engage with these issues? And that's where we really, really want to focus. And that's where I, I, I did want to get to masks. I did want to get to masks, oh, yeah, masks because that was kind of a side tangent. We'd already moved on. Uh, and part of that is, part of that is, we do need to have a good rubric. If we go Sorry back about through, the it's rabbit okay. trail there. It's okay. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> so sometimes that can be a beagle. Let, let's listen to this one. <laughs> Play it, Mr. Producer. Let's go. There is a new COVID variant. Just as COVID hospitalizations are on the rise, of course, we're still way below where we were at the peak of the outbreak, as you can see here, but. You can see over the past week, hospitalizations are up almost 22% nationwide. And Statistics, this was the fifth numbers. Week that that number has gone 23 up. 23% of Lisa's what? Lisa's here now with Dr. Malika Marshall mm. to help us understand what exactly is happening here. Yeah, of well, nothing. David, I guess yeah, our question 23% of one is 1.23. One of the first big questions, should we be masking again? And who should be no. masking? Well, it depends. I mean, okay. obviously anybody is welcome to mask up whenever they'd like to, but certainly people at high risk of complication for COVID-19 should wear a high quality mask and N95 Plus or N95 when you're in crowds and in public spaces. I would do that now. That includes seniors, especially those over the age of 80, people with diabetes or cancer, diabetes. heart disease, chronic kidney, liver, and lung disease. And of course, you should too for those who have those. Now, you may have heard about a new variant called BA.2.86, which has been detected in a small number of people here in the U.S. It's not clear that this variant will cause more severe illness, but because it's highly mutated, it could lead to more breakthrough infections in people who are not fully vaccinated. Now, most of us haven't been vaccinated in months, (laughs) maybe even in a year, and the new booster, which should help protect us from these newer variants, won't be available for a couple of months. So in the meantime, we really should Ooh, all be vigilant boosters. and take precaution. And for many of us, that means consider putting your mask on. Oh, which so many people are loath to do, but yes. you also don't want to get COVID. That's right. And no, remember, I don't, I don't care. Take them off again. All right. <laughs> Thank you. That. Thank you, doctor. So, yes. Oh, doctor. Yes. Uh, what? No. Next, please. Thank you. So, no, no one wants to get COVID. However, <laughs> however, perfect. You know, the, the stupid thing about COVID is, is that it, it is treatable if you get it early, but we all know people, we know people who we've lost due to, due to the process. Look, I, 
I almost died of COVID and I took, I, you know, I took the pill the first time, the ivermectin pill. And after 10 days, 20 pounds lost, you know, and 104 fever, 12 hours later, I was like a hundred, 101 fever, you know, it broke and I was feeling great by comparison. And then the next time I needed it, they wouldn't give it to me because the doctor was going to lose a license. So I, so I definitely didn't go to the uh, uh, feed store and get the horse paste. Don't, don't ask. Um, and it definitely didn't Shame work within you. 12 hours. He's a horse now. So I'm a horse now. I've, I've transmutated, <laughs> transmorgified he, into he a horse. He identifies as a horse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I keep. I've got camera. I've got a. I've got a. A a pile of horse paste. You know, I'm I'm serious. It is because they won't give you the freaking pills. Like just two weeks later, the same doctor from the first time they gave me the pills. Two weeks later, the same doctor would not give my father ivermectin when he needed it. So, but we we come back. We're we're digressing. So so I want to hook this back in because it comes down to this actually does affect your livelihood your life, your children's lives, the lives of those around you. And there's a reason it's all happening. There's a reason they're wanting you to mask back up. And it's eschatological in nature. They're Mm -hmm. trying to prepare a group of people who are bred and they, there is an act of worship that occurs with the mask. And I, I'm not saying that you are inherently doing that. If you're wearing a mask, I'm not coming, I'm not attacking you, but I'm saying that there is a spirit of fear that is put on us and it is constant. So I don't, I don't disagree with the fact that we need to have a stance. The question, though, we need to answer is, is this a stance we take in the name of Jesus? Right? Are these fights we fight in the name of Jesus or are these fights we fight because you know, we personally feel this way? So here's the question. Do we always acknowledge him in all of our ways? So now, now here comes, here comes a a tightrope, right? You have to be able to walk that tightrope and say, based on my understanding of what God has said in his word, these are why, this is why I do what I do. This is why I believe what I believe. And that comes down to studying the word. That comes down to being a student of God's word. And no, you don't have to be particularly smart you, you know, C.S. Lewis said, uh, you don't have to have a first-rate brain to be useful to God. But one of the things that God demands is that you use everything that you have. And I don't think the answer is going to be the same for every Christian. Uh, for example, I know um, of a woman who is a Christian who had a shot um, and had some very negative um, effects from the shot. So she doesn't do that anymore. She's she's not going to do it. That's her right. Now, my grandmother, um, when she was younger, she had um, polio and she lived with one leg four inches shorter than the other leg. So I was always a big, strong supporter of vaccinations and all my kids were vaccinated. I get the flu shot every year. Charlie does not. I got the uh, the uh, covid shot. Charlie does not. That is just, in my opinion, something that's very personal and has to be dealt with individually. I don't think it's it's every person can make the same decision, and I can't make a decision for you. 
and that's and th- and that's the issue right there. That that is the nail on the head. Is that you're you're we're, we're dealing with volitional will. Like I said, it's something that you have to sort out between you and God. These are decisions that you have to make, and then you have to be able to articulate to some extent. But the last thing that we need to do be do, about doing is mandating people's personal livelihoods and lives, because what we've done is we've taken away people's right to make a living. We've taken away their right to personal bodily autonomy. And no, I'm not talking about the baby in your womb. I'm talking about you. sticking a jab in your That's arm. Right. That, that baby in the womb is not your body. It is your baby, but it is not your body. And so that is yeah. where Christians need to come down, is do we have freedom or do we let freedom perish? Yep. So we have a lot of, in the culture, we're doing a lot of like the target boycotting one. Um, uh I'm going to be honest. I didn't realize we were all boycotting Target until someone was like, you still shop at Target? I was like, hello? What? What? Why? Where where you been hiding, man? Why wouldn't I shop at Target? They have everything I need. I'm bougie. So now we need our dissertation from Brother Charlie about why we should not. Charlie, you're the closest to him. Slapping. (laughs) It's abuse. Get it on camera. Um, I can use it in the court. Uh, So. Turn the camera off. I'll read it. <laughs> you just hear this audio whack. Um, Soundboard. But we, uh, when I learned about it, I was like, oh, okay. But then I had to sit there and go, do I boycott it? Is this going to make a difference? Yeah. Right? How many people are actually boycotting it? Did Jesus ever boycott anything? Actually, he didn't boycott anything, but he sure made he himself known. <laughs> well, he he did that. He, he but, stood uh, up to the Pharisees he, over them on the, doing various things. He definitely right? he definitely stood up to them on the note of take uh, of the Sabbath, and that was a huge deal. Being able to just you're walking along and you grab some food and you put it in your mouth, and the Pharisees came after him, and he made a very public stance. Over and over again, I think Jesus went out of his way in some ways, maybe not entirely, but he sure didn't stop from letting the public square know exactly what he felt. Well, I'm thinking of the the temple. He, he went, went into the temple and he healed in, in the temple. In a very violent. But that too. He didn't do it because of the culture. He did it because I, I because he was God. Because night. he was God. Yeah, and it was the disrespect for God's house. Correct. Right. And correct. it was the righteous anger because and I thought and about that last night. And and he, also, he, and went, also, he also uh, had to purify the temple before before the perfect sacrifice could be brought in. He had to his sacrifice. He he had to do that. So I, I, I'm not opposed to using that example, but it's not a, it's not strictly speaking germane. It, it's it's right. tangential because it also brought up to me. I went, so can we be a little violent? Is yes. It, is it okay to go in and be like, these shirts aren't okay. I'm going to pull them off the rack and no. hide them. Right. Oh, that no. And That's a bad so, idea. Because I've seen people do that. That's a bad idea. Right. But I can easily see the flipping of the temple tables being taken out of context. Yes, you're correct. And you being correct. like, hey, well, if Jesus can flip temple tables, I can hide a t-shirt. Well, yeah. he was against uh, the Pharisees standing out in front of the temple, uh, standing in front of people and praying just so that people could hear them and hear themselves pray. And and they're standing out there praying for what? Their own benefit so people could just hear them pray. He was against that. I think so, the, the points that Justin is, is bringing up are good. 
I like to take the totality of Scripture, though. Amen. When we look at the issue of boycotting Target, does it make a difference? I don't think it's any different than do we take the issue of abortion and engage in that. The issue goes back to the verses that we started with. If anyone causes one of these little ones, that's the key. Here's why I am, by the way, just to be very clear in full disclosure for anybody listening, I absolutely unequivocally 110% believe in a boycott of Target. Not because of this issue per se, but because Target does not want to do anything to protect the child. Yeah. That's the issue. It's it's not even the merchandise. It's the fact that they demand that you you, yes. you allow someone if he's wearing a beard and a muumu, he can just walk in to the tr- to changing rooms. And yes, yes, it is just dumb. There are people. There are people who have actually gone in and upskirted underneath. And there are people who've gotten physical and handsy in these changing rooms and they're men and, 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 and right they're there, not being told it's not being told because it, it'll it will that's exactly damage right. the store and so we we just promote what you know what's right. on the agenda but we don't tell the full truth of children and and women who have been assaulted and they don't want to damage the uh transgender agenda that's right. Correct. That's right. You know, they don't want that that kind of thing to get out. Oh no, we can't do it. Well, so we, we talked about that. in June was Pride Month again. I mean, what we talked about through was a lot of how even the transgender stuff is starting to hurt transgender, and yeah. so now we're seeing a whole pullback on all these stories. Even the media is pulling back on a lot of these stories, Correct. going maybe we don't say these until we know how it's going to affect us. And that right there is so. This target issue really is a, a nice segue into the issue of the transgender. I've said before, and I'll say it again, uh, especially with the clip that we played earlier, we're butchering our kids. Yeah. We're butchering them. Because moms and dads, kids, forget the moms and dads. We're getting to the point where parents don't even have a say in it. We're getting to the point where uh, we are allowing a child to make a decision like that that impacts them for the rest of their life. Yeah. And you want to take that and just allow them to go and do that and not tell mom and dad? How dare Yeah, right? So why not allow children to just go ahead and drive cars? Why not allow children to just go ahead and drink? Why not allow children to just go ahead and do drugs? Why not allow children to just go and just walk around naked all over the place? But here's the problem. Here's the problem with that argument. There is, we haven't started with the presupposition of a moral standard because there is nothing wrong with any of those things if we are nothing but animals. And could not agree more. And that, and that's, and that's where we've fallen off. And so that's where I say, you know, should we as Christians, so the question comes, should we as Christians agnostically approach these issues of the day or should we come at it as always from the Christian perspective? Not saying as a Christian, I believe, no, 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 don't say that. Say God says in his word, this, this, and that God says in his word, this, this, and that as a Christian, who cares what you think as a Christian? You know, do do you remember the story of of the the men who followed behind Paul and they tried to cast demons out in the name of Jesus as Paul calls upon them? The demon fell upon them and ripped off their clothes, 
pulled their beard and beat them senseless Mm -hmm. because they said, we know Jesus and we know Paul. But who are you? But who are you? We need to make sure that we are acting under the authority that is given to us by God. And if we die in that, if we lose credibility, if we lose family, if we lose friends, if we've done it lovingly in the spirit of God and in the strength of God, then that is what we were called to do. If we, if as long as we fulfilled those things in Luke 13, one through nine, if someone can get that for me, Luke 13, one through nine, we see Jesus responding to culture issues of the day. So we've talked about the trans thing. Let's talk a little bit about the issue. So, you know, Trump masks, they kind of fall in somewhat into this, uh, in a way you guys will appreciate what I'm saying as soon as you get it, whoever gets it first. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except that ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Okay. Some people have taken this and they've put it in the same category on as it rains on the good and it rains on the evil. I do not believe that is the textual interpretation of the scripture because only a couple decades later, what happened to Jerusalem? And many of those people who were standing there, what happened to them? They were slaughtered because they did not change their country for God's glory. Mm-hmm. They did not change who they were. They did not. God himself was standing before them, knocking on their door, saying, come back to me. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, that I would have gathered you like a mother hen does with her chicks. That's what Jesus is saying right here. He's not saying the rain falls on the good and the evil here. The Bible does say that, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a nation that has lost sight of God. It has fallen in love with the Greco-Roman mm. understanding yes. of philosophy and nature and science to the exclusion. Those are good things to the exclusion of their God. That is the important part. Well, because those, those philosophies and doctrines makes you God. In some so ways, when yes. you when you know God in the beginning God created them male and female, but if you can choose what sex you're going to be, what gender that you're going to be, then you are God. And the, this whole this philosophy is about pushing God off the throne and doing what I want to do. Correct. The problem with doing what your body desires is that. It never is fulfilled. It, it, it goes from one thing to another. That's why when, when a person gets involved in pornography just a little bit, then it goes deeper. And then it, there's no fulfillment. There's, right. there's no end. 
And what you said earlier about now that we have a philosophy out there, these were ideas and thoughts that a person might get, but they would push them away because that's not right. But now they can entertain those thoughts because now you are God of your own body and you can decide. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. That's the whole purpose right there of them starting to introduce this stuff to kids in kindergarten, first mm-hmm. and second grade, to start that off so that they these kids start thinking that and and then believing it, we, especially when you have the people that believe that themselves and they are in that culture, and then you got them teaching kids where the majority of their time. That's what they're teaching them. And it's so, that particular culture instead of math and science and and how to read and, and all of that, they're teaching them what? That particular type of culture of them being them, they, he, she, her, whatever. And that right there, it really lends well to the point that Miss Nikki was pulling out. Your physical desires, your spiritual desires your mental desires will never be satisfied in this world. And by the way, I, I, I hate to quote Lewis again, but you know what? I've been on a Lewis kick lately and I've been reading a lot. He said something very profound. He says, the very fact that you hunger, but you're never truly full. The fact that you thirst, but you're never truly full. The fact that you long for relationship, but no relationship truly fulfills that you long for knowledge but no amount of knowledge will ever truly satiate it suggests that there is something somewhere out there outside of the universe that fulfills that longing it's an excellent point and there's only one thing that's outside the universe and that's god and that's what satan wishes to cut you off from and so if we do not attack this on the cultural level from a theological point of view We should be dealing with the economic stuff from the theological point of view. We should be dealing with the political stuff from a theological view. You want to know what happened? That first story that that Christ is referencing where Pilate mingled the blood is a very, very graphic description. They're cutting cutting this this animal's throat at the altar. It's, It's what you did, and you drained the blood. While they were doing that, Pilate came in and cut these men down so that the blood of the animals and the and the Jews who were sacrificing to God, their blood mingled together. That's political turmoil. Mm-hmm. That's political turmoil. That's what you're seeing with a candidate. Love Trump or hate Trump, the reason he's being prosecuted is not because he questioned the election results. Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, all these other people have. It's not because he questioned these results. It's not because he pushed otherwise. It's because for better or for worse, he's the only candidate who stood up for godly principles. For better or for worse, whether he's lived them himself, whether he's actually accomplished it, for better or for worse, he is pushing principles that are godly. He's the closest thing to a godly politician. He's it's a the sad thing. The dark has always been. And so, like it or not, that political turmoil that we're seeing right now is because it is exclusively because you've got someone who is a bug in their system because he is doing some things right. Not everything. He's not our savior, but he's done a lot of things that were righteous. And that's why they're coming after him. And the reason why we're not protected from that is because we as a culture 
God is not blessing us. If we do not turn, we will likewise perish. We look at all these, we, we look at Hawaii. We, it's, you know, some people are debating, was that power lines that were, that were downed? And there's a question about that. We're talking about all these power lines. No, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing it. Don't, don't. Don't because I want to deal. I want to deal with verified. Mm. I want to deal with verified facts right now. Um, mm. You you have across the Midwest. You have action. Someone someone is boinking their their oh, thing. That's me. Thank I you. Apologize. Anyway, uh, just just a note. Uh, <laughs> you, all across Canada and the Midwest, you have infrastructure uh, fires. Things that are happening from what in some cases appear to be power lines that are downed. Okay, uh, you've got you've got der derailments that are happening. We have infrastructure that's crumbling. You look at the tower that fell on on those on those men in in Israel. That comes from a culture that is not following God. That's not rain. That's not war. Uh, you know, that's not famine. That is, we are not aligned with God. We are not aligned with God. And what did God say in Deuteronomy eighteen nine? Someone pull up Deuteronomy 18.9 for me, please. And tell me, what did he say about the children of Israel? When you, Whoa. when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. Huh. By the way, those detestable customs? Child sacrifice. Adultery. Yeah. Homosexuality. Need I keep going? What? Everything that you see in the world today, everything that you see in the world today in, in America, these are things that God said you need to have out of your nation. If not for the children of Israel, how much more so for us? So I'm going to ask the next question here because I'm looking at the time. Okay. Yeah. Right. My it's next fine. question is, where do we draw the line? Because if I boycott every company that does something I think is unchristian, I'm pretty sure I'm even going to have to boycott Chick-fil-A at some point. Oh, yeah. You know, Hobby Lobby down the drain. You know, even these places that we say Hobby are Lobby super... Anyways. I work with kids a lot. I have to buy a lot of craft stuff. Man, Hobby Lobby, let me tell you. Ooh. Great place, right? Uh, it's fantastic. Well, uh, not sponsored. Um, so, so that's a good question. Where do we draw that line? How do we decide? Because if I avoid everything... Let me give you an I'm answer. Have to avoid all of culture. Let me give you an answer. When you have an option, you you want to look. This is a biblical answer. Look at Ahab and Jehoshaphat. You familiar with the story of Jehoshaphat's fleet? Vaguely, because I've taught it before. So yeah. So way back there in the memory banks, pull, pull it out. Ahab and Jehoshaphat called each other brothers, and they walked together closely. And even to the point where Ahab put Jehoshaphat in uh, uh, king's garb and sent him out, so hoping that um, Jehoshaphat would be slaughtered instead of him. But of course, you know, God, God had his judgment. Ahab was killed by a random arrow. And then Jehoshaphat goes back home. And all, everything that he built up with Ahab and the Phoenicians outside of God's leading was destroyed in one night by a storm that took everything out. Are we aligning ourselves with people who were openly anti-God? Because you look at some of the other, you look at Solomon, he allied himself with the Egyptians. He, at one point he had 
discussions with people from Syria. You know, he bought stuff. But the question is, are you aligned with someone who is actively, intentionally, vocally, openly going after godly principles? That, I think that's really well stated. Because what you bring up as a, as a question there, Justin, I think is, is pretty legit. Where do you draw that line? I'd read something here recently about Chick-fil-A and one of the things that they had done uh, regarding DEI. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're sitting there and you're going, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Chick-fil-A has a DEI. Why? And I did a little digging on that and I'm like, okay, I'm not sure that I'm totally opposed to this. I'm not seeing something coming out against those values that we have as Christians. So I think that the way that you stated that right there is is pretty spot on. I'll also say this. You will see this kind of thing from those companies that have the financial backing by which to take a hit. Disney thought that they were okay doing what they did. They have since found out, yeah, financially we're okay, but our investors definitely, our stockholders definitely don't like it. Target thought that they could go ahead and do it. And yes, at the moment, they are weathering the storm. Bud Light? Ooh. Bud Light's a, yeah, that's a... So the point is this. They are literally walking a very tight rope. And as Christians, I'll be honest with you, this is where, where I'm starting to go. And, and I've, I've not advocated this to you guys. Uh, this, this is me. I'm starting to look at more of who can I support locally Yes. as opposed to a big, broad company. Absolutely. And I am not a Walmart guy. Do I shop at Walmart? No, my wife does. Uh, thank you. She said it. I did not have to. But in my mind, I do not want to be supporting big companies. And you know what? Maybe I don't support a Chick-fil-A because I, they're big. Now, I, I know I, I will let you all know we we do boycott Bud Light, just so y'all know. You don't oh drink Bud Light. But y'all don't drink at all. We digress terribly bad here now. We don't drink, okay. ladies and gentlemen, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have lost all control here. But, but the point being, it's I, all I an think illusion. Justin's question is really good. And I, I think the response was equally as good. And I would encourage you that are that are out there listening as christians if you think you can make a difference yeah you can Mm -hmm. and regardless of whether you think you are or not are you doing what's right and make that make that your sign and 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 by the way some people are going to say if you if you don't wear a mask i want to make this point and then i want to wrap up have everyone do their final their final statements for the day uh some people look at the masks in a certain way and some people see it's not a big deal i'll leave that to you but i'll give you the 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 strongest advice to not wear a mask in the upcoming days and months and you can take it or leave it but it's the mask is not the issue 
what people are worried about is that we're looking at trained obedience for the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say this with the mark of the beast, and I'll let you take it with a grain of salt if you want via masks. But you look at the Church of Smyrna. If anyone in here remembers the Church of Smyrna, it's one of the seven churches in Revelation. And it was the poorest of the churches, the one that was the most persecuted. If you know anything about ancient Smyrna, they had literal gold on the streets. It was a beautiful, rich city. And they had temples to every god that existed under the sun that they were aware of and lavish temples. You could worship any god. You could worship Jesus of Nazareth. Only if you came in and you pinched the incense and burned just a pinch of incense to Caesar, Mm -hmm. the government, as God. Then you would get a piece of paper. Does this sound familiar? And that piece, that parchment was your ability to buy and sell in that land. Walk into restaurants to eat or go to supermarkets or you go to church or anything. So, so all these people had to do was to give that little act of worship to Caesar. Vaccine. And that's all you needed to get forward. Neither the vaccine nor the masks or the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is as we proceed, be cautious how much freedom you give up. Be cautious. If you take the vaccine, that's fine. But I'm saying be cautious of how much freedom you give up. And make sure if you have a good reason, you have someone that you're ministering to, and that's the only way that you can get to them, and you take the vaccine, that's between you and the Lord. If that's your calling, that's your calling. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. What I'm saying is be careful how much freedom you give up. Be careful how much you give up, because there will come a day where everything that you do will come down to, did you obey on this one thing? Did you burn that incense to Caesar? Going around the room, final thoughts for the day. You know, you're in, it was inter- interesting what you just said, because remember when Jesus picked up the coin and said, whose image is on this? And yes. they said Caesar, and he said, render under Caesar, what is Caesar's? And render under God, what is God? So it really does become, you are the image of God. And you have to take your image, and you have to behave in a way that the Holy Spirit leads you through the Word of God and through prayer. That's, and in your, your direction and your choices may be different than another Christian, but you just stand in what you believe. And don't be too critical if they're standing in what they believe, and it's different. Amen. Culture or final thoughts, philosophy? Um, just our, our philosophy needs to be based in theology. I like how you said earlier, you know, culture it needs to be based in theology. Our philosophy needs to come from the theology. Uh, when we start looking at do we boycott things, do we do that? Our philosophy needs to be yes. We need to bring the culture to God. We need to let God rule this culture. But we also need to have the philosophy of doing it the way Jesus would have. Jesus doesn't tell us to go and flip the aisles of Target or to, you know, go and break all the beer cans of Bud Light. You know, that's not what he's saying. He's saying to do this peacefully. The peaceful uh, boycott of Target is the right way to do it. The peaceful boycott of Bud Light is the right way to do it. Um, But our philosophy needs to be, if we're going to do this for Jesus, we need to do it Jesus's way. 
Amen. Chair Culture. Yeah, I'm not sure I can add anything here. I mean, we have to be engaged, and it does make a difference. And I, I think the way that you spoke just a moment ago, be careful of what you give up. And, and folks, the, the easiest way to relate that, take a look at the government-sponsored programs over the last 50 to 75 years. Tell me one that the government has taken away. That ought to tell you something. Nice segue to the chair of politics. Yeah, kind of what on, you know, reference to what uh, you and what Charlie was saying, you know, on giving up your freedoms. I I think that, you know, the government and, and politically, they're in the process of taking away freedoms because what they're wanting to do with this masking mandates and, you know, what they did with the shot program and mandating that, it's all to see about how well the public conforms to whatever mandates they put out there. And then they come along and say, without a mandate, they go, okay, well, we need to do this again. And then to see how many people come along and do it without having a mandate. And, of course, man, people are going to jump on that bandwagon like, you know, like it's a bowl of cherries. And, you know, too many people just go along and give up these freedoms that are given to us by God through the Constitution. Because you can look. I've looked on YouTube so many times, and they ask so many young people about these freedoms on the Constitution. And it's like they don't even know what. The first, they don't know what they have. Is. They don't even know what the first one is. Yeah, they they don't have any clue about mm-hmm. what is in the Constitution. None of our freedoms. Yeah, it's 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 just it's sad, is what it is. It is. So, from the chair of economics, just final thoughts for the day. I haven't said too much from this chair, but I want to go ahead and lay it out. What they're taking away with the mask mandate, for example, and eventually end of the lockdown is your economic freedom. And that's a terrible, terrible thing to lose. People have fought wars over so much less than locking down entire nations. But I don't really want to dwell on that because that's the least of the problems. That's the least of the issues. What they're taking away is the value for your children, the days in the sunlight, the days with other people. They're taking away the value of your ability to earn a living. They're taking away the value. They're really devaluing you as a human. And, and, and I, I've said that often, and I'm sorry if I do, but they're devaluing you as a human when they take away the virtue that God values most. The thing that God values most in this universe is freedom. And the reason I say that is he values it more than your mortal soul. And you're living in a nation, if you live in America, you're living in a nation where you've been given the right to, in fact, the duty, the honor, the privilege to take part in your governing. If you give that up, it's the sin of Esau where you are giving away for comfort your birthright. Do not commit the sin of Esau and despise your birthright, being able to just Put a little bit into your political system 
so that you can have your birthright. You're given the spiritual and political birthright to lead this nation. As far as culture wars are concerned, guys, that's upstream of the politics. We have to win the culture for Christ. We have to make sure that we're thinking for Christ, and we've got to have a good theology. And that's hard, and I know it's hard. But be careful what you're giving up, because pretty soon, I don't think we'll have much. If they really get what they want, we're looking at, you look at Revelation, those people don't have much. America is not in Revelation, as far as anyone can tell. There's no strong evidence that we are as a cogent whole nation. And you might say, Jonathan, well, you're just fighting against uh, God and Revelation, and, and if it's going to end, it's going to end, and I'll be in heaven before I'm done. I'm going to say that that's a very arrogant and self-centered and privileged take. And the reason, and I'll, I'll point you to the last great king of Israel as my, as my evidence here. King Josiah mm. came in on the twilight years of Israel, and God said there was no king like him since David. There was no king like him. There was no one who loved God more and, and cherished God more. And you know what he did? He changed a generation we can still change a generation, should God be so willing, that we stop living as agnostics, we start living as Christians. If you say you're a Christian, live as one. Agreed. All to the glory of God. If you like this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all Amen. that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you for the 200,000 plus downloads of the podcast that's great youtube and is doing weird things uh rumble's really slow guys uh, if you are watching on youtube we are getting videos or views apparently deleted on youtube i get calls i get messages saying that it was at 1700 and now it's down to eight and then i get to look at it it's at 300 so uh and then it's down to 30 so uh if you're confused if you're on youtube right now head over to rumble they 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 like our kind of stuff, or at least they don't actively hate us. So uh, with that said, consider going to Rumble. Thank you, Rumble, for being on Twitter. You can find us at Further Every Day, at Further Every Day. Uh, with that can said, you mean X? What's Twitter? Oh, oh my oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to. With YouTube, it just lets us know we're doing the right thing. I think so. Yeah, with that I said, think every time we message now on Twitter, we're Xing. We're Xing. We're Xing out. Are we owing? No, Xing and owing. All right. Thank All you guys. I can't find my ex. So. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. If you're still here, if you're still here, you are indeed our super listener. We put you to sleep. Starting on the far side of the room, we're going to work our way around. What is your favorite culture war fail? Your favorite culture war fail. Oh, favorite man. moment in the American culture war. I have no idea. I, I mean, what is your favorite goofy thing that's happened in the culture wars? You know, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's Target, whether it's uh, uh, the transgender movement. What was what what sticks out in your mind as the best culture war blunder or best success? Well, I do think that the Bud Light thing was the the goofiest thing when With you Dylan look at a Bud Light guy, and then you decide. That just didn't make any sense to me. I think Dylan Mulvaney was a was pretty high on the list. Yep. Moving on over to the Justin. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to have a a, a hottest take because 
they really all irritate me. Okay. Like it, it's which one stands out the most? Uh, vaccines stand out the most to me um, because that's when I felt I think most persecuted. Um, vaccine and abortion were the two. Abortion, that's I literally huge. lost a friend over. Uh, they texted me and said, "What? What are your stance on Roe v. Wade?" Um, and I was like, "Here's my stance. I'm a Christian, and this is why I believe this." And they're like, "Cool. Respectfully lose my number." Um, so that one sticks out, but the vaccines was the other one where I was like, I'm going to lose friends over this. Yeah. Like, so those are the two that really stick out to me as the most impactful. Divorce. Mm -hmm. The acceptance of divorce. I think it has been the one thing that is torn this country apart and Christians were the ones that became accepting of it. I agree. No fault divorce. Yep. Yeah. Steve? I, I'd say there's a couple of things. Uh, one of them is the uh, uh, abortion yep. issue, um, how acceptable it has gotten to be, and, you know, using it for just a means to, oh, well, uh, you know, I got pregnant and I don't want to have my child to go, go get rid of it. And then the... Uh, assault weapons ban that Clinton enacted and then they got rid of it and didn't do much. You know, yeah. It didn't do anything. It didn't, didn't solve any issues. Okay. Justin, I changed quick, my mind. Be quick. <laughs> be quick. Okay. In Seattle, this was a big culture war. The Amazon head tax. I don't know if any of y'all heard oh. of that one. Oh, that was the funniest thing being in Seattle. Cause they told Amazon, you're going to have to pay an extra tax per person you employ. And they're like, but we're employing them. Like this helps the economy. They know if it's you're in Seattle, it's an extra head tax. And our socialist person who literally ran into the socialist party, one is chair in Seattle council was like, we're going to protest all this, that. So Amazon goes, okay, Come we'll on. move to Bellevue. And they're like, no, that's not what we meant. <laughs> yep. Funniest thing to happen. Yep. Okay. So, I, I I don't know. Biggest culture war moment. It's so hard, but I'll give you I'll give you one of my favorites is uh is a AOC. It's an oldie and a goodie. And I was gonna do this one is when it's when she hustled out of New York as what was it, thousands of paying jobs of six figure jobs out of out of New York. Congratulations, got AOC. Yeah. So yeah. so we, yeah. yeah, it's just it Brilliant. was absolutely phenomenal. It yeah. it's yeah, big business. We can charge them more. Big business. I'll go where I'm not charged more. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll go. I'm trying to remember the name of that one reporter. He tried to uh, buy a gun, and he couldn't. Be, he was going to prove how easy it was to buy guns, and he couldn't because he had a restraining order from uh, abuse on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us down in the comment section down below your favorite culture war story. With that said, we love you uh, yes. so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Do you know in Pennsylvania?